So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Uh, what we're going to be chatting about today, folks, is uh, how to become more efficient. Um, how the hell do you um, run a business, do a lot of things at once? What type of automation do you need? And how do you actually run this? So we have a very interesting individual on today's um, show uh, who's transacting business in Texas, but he lives in Denver. Uh, it's pretty weird. Uh, how do you do something like that? And what we're seeing in the big, you know, from the 10,000 foot view, as you see all these iBuyers, these tech companies are trying to automate the process to get agents out of the way as well. So why can't we just fight back and automate our own processes? Well, you need to learn how to embrace technology and do all of that. And we have the perfect guest that's going to walk through how he's doing this and how he's literally not living in the state that he's licensed in and he's transacting because he's running a business. So we're going to find out how he's doing it. Without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Mr. Chris Bello. What's up, Chris? What's up, Mike? So great to be here. Thank you for uh, for the time. Yeah, why don't you tell uh, everybody a little bit about whom you are, and then we're going to get into and how you're actually doing this. So uh, go ahead and yeah. take the floor real quick. Absolutely. So I just introduced myself typically as a real estate expert and a top podcast host. And like we were talking about before we hit record, I knew going into real estate that I didn't want to brand myself as a local realtor. Because I read the four-hour work week years ago, and I had this dream of laptop lifestyle, live anywhere, travel around the world, not have to be stuck in one market. And for that very reason, that is how I am actually living this vision that I had years ago, closing deals in another state. People asked why my fiance and I moved to Denver, and we're like, you know, we visited in 2020, and we loved it, and we're just like, what the hell? Let's sell the house and move, right? So we did it because we wanted to, not because of a job opportunity or because the market's hot or anything like that. And so um, systems, processes, and vision, more importantly, allowed us to get here. And you didn't really think twice about it. You weren't worried about leaving. And how long were you in licensed in Texas? I was licensed in Texas for a few years. I guess I still technically am, about three years now. And I'd been in Texas and Houston my whole life. So really, I see the memes go around, you know, leaving your hometown, your hometown is a hack for growth, for development, for getting outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So that was in the back of my mind as well. And I was like, you know, I've just been here for so long. I want something new. And, you know, impulsive, impulsive Chris decided to pull the trigger and we just moved very shortly thereafter. And how long have you been um, licensed in general then in total when you in? So I actually, in 2018, I joined a wholesale company. That's where I got into real estate. So I wasn't licensed just yet. I was teetering with the idea of, do I even get licensed? It's going to open me up to so much regulation. The wholesale podcast say to just do it and not get your license. Some people say to get it for more MLS access. And then it wasn't until a year in, 2019 is when I got my license. Because I'm like, man, I'm losing out on all these easy listing opportunities that the, the yes. sellers are not taking our cash offers. And it just allowed me more flexibility with the strategies and the, the ways that I help my clients. So that makes sense. So you're coming at from a wholesaling lead generation, seller, listing agent type yeah. of way. And then you're looking at how do I create leads and not be there? Whereas a lot of realtors come in the opposite way. They look at how they sell houses versus chase, uh, how they develop leads first. And you can't take yeah. 
Uh, it's like putting the cart before the horse or whatnot. And you know um, all about this marketing stuff, right? We're really marketers at the end of yep. the day. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm assuming that you chase after listings. Yes. Listings equals leverage as the millionaire real estate agent. You know, yep. these books and the knowledge out there really plants those seeds so that you create your business in a way where it surrounds those ideas. So I, I always remember listings equals leverage, listings equals leverage. Yep. And I've always focused on, on that mostly. I still help buyers too, but it's obviously a little more challenging from afar. So, so you got in the business, you're starting as a wholesaler, you're looking for different listings, you're looking for motivated sellers and all that. And then during that time, you figured out, you're like, shit, only 8% of these deals are working for me. So what am I doing with the other 92%? You're like, I should get licensed and start collecting referral fees or maybe even run a team. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I kept seeing, well, <laughs> the company I was working with had me doing business development. So I kept talking to real estate agents over and over again, multiple times a month. Hey, you should bring us those you know, houses that smell like cat pee that you don't want to list, <laughs> get you yeah. 6%. And then I'd see some of the deals that we did. And I'm like, dang, these people just brought us the lead. I did everything else. And they're making a 6% commission on many of these while you know, I was making a certain percentage of the wholesale fee, which I guess on average is probably 10 to $15,000, depending on the market. That yeah. was what ours was in Houston. And so it just became quickly apparent that I'm losing out on a lot of opportunities by not being licensed and by not helping clients to the fullest capacity. And today, are you still wholesaling? Or are you mainly wearing real estate hat, agent hat? I've been mostly doing the real estate agent hat. Another nugget that I picked up before is that the MLS is really the ultimate buyer's list. And, you know, some buyers, I, I saw it from the wholesaling side, it ebbs and flows, you know, they're buying now, they're not buying. Your best buyers may not be buying when you have that property that you want to move. And you're like, man, you got to sell it to some other wholesaler and then they can't find a buyer and it just falls through. It becomes a lot more difficult than if you just slap it up on the market and have the ultimate buyer's list. So honestly, I've been doing more of the retail side, but I do get off-market leads sometimes. And I know investors nationwide where I'm just like, hey, do you work this part of Ohio? I'm just going to send you the lead. And if something closes, like throw me a little bit of the assignment fee as a thank you. Sure. So this is great. Um, but the only way that something like this works is when you control your own lead generation because you can't yep. do it without that. So let's get into that. Um, sure. What are you doing? And uh, everyone's always, this is what I never understood is, wholesalers, investors, rehabbers never have a listing problem, but then real estate agents do like despite market conditions. And I always just said like real estate agents, why don't you just go copy what the investors do because they're chasing people who want to sell their houses and they're always successful. Why don't you guys just do the same thing? So walk me through when you figured this out and then uh, let's see what you're doing. Yeah. So like you talked about earlier, I, I came at it from a different perspective. I always came at it from that investor mindset, you know, we buy houses and where I'm going with this is that a lot of times wholesalers will have those signs up that say, we buy houses, we buy houses. A lot of them don't buy houses. They assign contracts, which again, the, the outward facing, you know, the home seller has no idea what the hell that means, right? right. They're like, hey, you buy houses. I'm going to call you. I want to sell my house. So flipping that on its head, I started marketing myself as I can help you buy or sell real estate anywhere. I don't need to explain to people, well, I really don't. I'm not licensed in all the states. I find someone who's an expert in your market and I connect you to them. It's just not a nice little elevator pitch that you can put in one sentence on your bio for social media. Yeah. So coming at it from that angle has helped people come to me first. If they have any real estate questions, I don't want them to be like, oh, Chris, I didn't know you could help me in Florida because then I already lost the opportunity. If they have a question on, hey, I'm selling my house. I kind of want to live near, near this like plant. Do you think that's a problem? Should I pick that house or more nestled in the neighborhood? 
you know, generic real estate, more or less, you can give some, some information and some helpful tips, much like wholesalers say, we buy houses in any condition. They just market that way. And as people come to you first, like you also mentioned earlier, he or she who controls the lead and gets that person to contact them first gets to control what happens. So that's really been the conversation I've been having. And of course, I can amplify that because I also have a podcast on entrepreneurship and mindset and all of that. So, you know, over a million downloads as of last year, I believe. And that's been a call to action is, hey, if you ever need help buying or selling, I hope you enjoy these 350 episodes I've done for you. Yeah. Think about me because I can help you buy or sell anywhere. Yep. And that's like uh, a lot of people that should I create content. Well, yeah, your content helps convert all the business you're doing. Um, yeah. You can grow 100%. your email list and just follow up and remind people what you do. I like it. Um, so let's get into the, how are we targeting? What areas are you focusing in mainly in terms of like lead acquisition and sellers? Where are you seeing in around the country right now? Cause you can pretty much do this in any market. I'm sure you're, yeah. you're picking different areas. Let's go. Let's start with that and why. For sure. For sure. So it's been a little more of a chicken in the egg scenario. Cause sometimes people are like, Hey, I got a great agent for you in a certain market. I'm like, okay, I can see the demographics sort of, of who's listening to my podcast. The majority of my listeners are in the United States, but I have some people, you know, internationally as well. So it has been a little bit challenging to narrow down because I'm not doing Facebook ads or targeting certain cities or markets or anything like that. It's all been organic and attraction marketing. And I'm sure like you see this too. I see a few new followers every day. I have no idea where they found me. Was it mm -hmm. me on another podcast or a podcast that I made myself two years ago? It's all kind of a compound effect, I guess, where people yep. are coming into my world. They're signing up on my email list, they're downloading my freebie. And then occasionally I'll just send little reminders in the PS at the bottom, like, Hey, by the way, I can help you buy or sell real estate. If you have any questions, reply to this email or schedule a call. So to answer your question, it's been a little bit challenging to predict. You know, I, I may have a friend who says, Hey, my brother wants to buy a house in Seattle. Can you help with that? Heck, heck yeah. Send me this, send him my link and we'll schedule a call, connect them to a, an agent out there. If they close the deal and I get a nice little referral commission, like two months later. So it's been a little more like um, you see the meme of a professor X from X-Men, like how do you lead generate? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's just like thinking about it. That's kind of been the strategy just through content and goodwill. So it's not quite predictable, but it's been all over the place. And I guess I'm just working on how do I scale that up and make it a little more predictable where I know what I'm going to make four months from now instead of like, man, no one's hit me up in a month. Like what's going on? And all of these are coming from the podcast. A lot of them from the podcast. I'm in a lot of business groups as well, you know, like the, the Arte group with Ed Milet, Andy Frisella. So I'm connecting with people nationwide all the time, as well as the podcast. You know, you and I may be talking tomorrow. I may be talking to someone on the other side of the world who's like, hey, I'm actually moving to the US. This happened. I met someone in Dubai years ago. She hit me up like, hey, Chris, my husband and I are going to move to Houston. Houston and Dubai are kind of connected with oil and gas. Um, and I'm like, wow, who would have known that someone I met five years ago is going to hit me up when she's moving to Houston to buy a house, things like that, you know, planting those seeds over a long enough period of time. So not all from the podcast, but networking at scale. Interesting. So you're just, you're, you're, you're a real estate expert and you're hitting people. Are you running ads or traffic for any of this stuff now? Are you just, everything here is organic. Everything's been organic. I'd like to get into the ad platform. I was talking with my business group yesterday and I've, I was joking with them that I've definitely spent my share of Facebook ad money into the black hole. Like, I don't know if I click the right buttons or maybe I just yeah. didn't target the right people. 
you know, there's three hour videos on YouTube on how to properly do Facebook ads. So it's been something that I never quite dialed in, but I just feel like once I get the messaging right a little bit more, then I have that offer that sticks. Cause you know, you've probably seen this too with other real estate agents. You ask them, what do you do or who do you help? And it's very difficult to differentiate yourself sometimes. Like what's the difference between me and the other 10 people who are local agents within a half mile of me, right? Yep. I mean, that gets a little difficult. So I've been trying to brand myself a little bit differently of, hey, I don't just help you here. I help you anywhere. Whenever you want to move to another state with the great resignation, all these things happening, people are moving all across the country. They need an expert who can be there for everything, not just for moving two blocks away. Sure. And uh, how long, when did you start the podcast? And then how many episodes are you publishing? And then how long until you actually saw it? Um, people come out of it and get some fruit out of it. Yeah. So I started it in October, 2017, and it wasn't even about kind of what it is now. It was just documenting the journey. It was documenting me fumbling through ideas. I had quit a corporate job. You know, I was just sharing what I was working on and mm -hmm. being honest as, as honest as I could be and having cool guests on the show. And it kind of goes back to that whole planting seeds and giving out the best possible content, knowing that you'll eventually get it back somehow. Right. That's what and I did with mine. It's crazy. Um, it, you started in 2017 as well. I started in 2014, um, okay. but I didn't have a goal. I didn't have a business side then. I just knew if I built an audience, I would monetize it someday. Right. And yeah. Same thing here. Um, the uh, similar amount of downloads and all of that, but it wasn't advertised. It was just consistent communication, the same audience over time. Exactly. And although like our business side didn't really formulate till three years ago, the podcasts, uh, most of the people who buy our shit will come in right off the podcast. Hundred um, percent from that. And it's just, it's, it's very, so you guys that we were talking about is building an audience and you can't, when you have an audience, you'll monetize it. And an audience is just a bunch of people that listen to what you say. So right. um, you can monitor, if you understand the concept of building an audience, you can monetize whatever it is that you sell. So like you could go into like the camping industry and start creating camping tips, or I'll give you a good idea. Uh, so I had a guy I met with yesterday, schedules a demo with me. Um, he happens to be in San Diego and I didn't think I was going to take the guy on. I was like, you know, um, in San Diego, we don't take on clients. We partner with them and they join our team or something like that. So I didn't think I'm yep. like, I told him straight up. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not taking on clients in San Diego, um, but you could join our team. So this guy ends up having, like, he starts showing me his old YouTube channel and this guy has like a YouTube channel and he's a cologne guy. He, he would just go out and rate colognes and do all this stuff with cool. colognes. And I look at his channel, he's got like 10,000 views, 5,000 views. And he didn't realize that he was like, he stopped <laughs> Like he was just on the verge of greatness and he, he got into YouTube he before it got, soon. he stopped too soon. I'm like, bro, if you would have fucking kept going, you're Where literally, you you're, you're going to make in like 40 grand a day or a week on all these ads monetized because he had so much organic traffic. And on and cologne affiliate offers. Totally. So <laughs> at the end of the, at hundred percent, at the end of the call, I'm like, he's like, you know what? I think you're right. I'm like, bro, whether you're going to sell real estate or cologne, you have to do something that people are going to listen or pay attention to you on. Yeah. And if you just became like the, the smelling realtor, that would crush it uh, first <laughs> because everyone would be like, you would, there's so many ways to market it. But I go, the point is, is that your passion is in this cologne thing that you, that you liked and you had somebody he goes, I think you're onto something, man. I think you're onto something yeah. because people like I haven't talked to in six years are still tagging me as this cologne guy. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what it is, dude. So Absolutely. he just had like this night, this light bulb um, type moment. And uh, he built an audience of people who like cologne. Very cool. And he had no idea. And the, this the no takeaway idea. here is like no idea. a lot of people, they're waiting to find that perfect idea. Like which niche should I pick? Which channel should I create? And the takeaway that I like to say is just like start creating content. 
your audience may change. You're not going to know what the heck you want to do. But if you make 200 episodes, I bet you're going to start figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And the people who have listened to you along the way, whether you sell insurance or real estate or something else, they're going to want to support you because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And listening to all of someone's podcasts is a great way to know, like, and trust someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, very, very, very cool. A lot of, well, let's be devil's advocate though. And talk about why people don't do it is because it's not instant gratification. Yeah, it's not <laughs> uh, like it's an uphill battle, you know, like I'm think, I think the Lord, I started the podcast, you know, like it was like my savior, my saving grace, if you will. But um, I didn't know what I didn't know at that time either. <laughs> Ignorance is seriously a pro tip, I guess. If you don't know what you don't know, and you just get started, you have no idea how much work it is. And then you're like, well, what the hell? I already did 20 episodes. I may as well do 50 and then 100. But a lot of people, I think I heard a stat that most people never make it past 20 episodes. They just realize how much work it is with recording and editing and lighting and the right mic and then syndicating it, pushing it out, marketing yep. it, emails. It, yep. I can see why a lot of people don't don't make it because instant gratification is what we we expect two day delivery on Amazon and now we got to wait six months to get more than ten listens a month like what the heck yeah absolutely that's exactly the reason why um, a lot how did you um, know about the audience aspect of it back then because you were just wholesaling and you're investing yep. and then just like the you took a passion obviously you have a passion for real estate um, and you wouldn't have been able to do this without the passion though I'm assuming. Right. So real estate became the vehicle to earn the income and to, to actually make the money without worrying about how do I monetize my podcast? Because that's always a question we see in Facebook groups, right? How do you yeah. monetize your podcast? Who's monetized their podcast? I'm kind of in talks with a potential sponsor, but even then it's been like, man, do Tough. I really want to throw ads on the show? And it's not really enough. Is the juice worth the squeeze type thing? And to, to answer the question in terms of monetizing the podcast too, um, I didn't know about the audience who it was going to be. I just started talking about stuff that I love to do. And then I interviewed, you know, my CPA and I interviewed someone that someone else told me to interview. And then when they were ready to buy houses, they came to me. It was so cool. Both of those worked out in such a way. I, I can think of two examples right off the top of my head of guests that I interviewed in my market in Houston, Texas, while I was still there. And CPA was literally like, hey, we just walked through this open house. You want to write the offer for us? <laughs> it was like a $350,000 house. The price points are a little lower in Houston, but um. Bought the house. I had only gone there once after we wrote up the contract and we were under contract. And another person too said, Hey, Chris, I can't think of anyone else I'd reach out to. You know, my husband and I want to buy a house. We'd love for you to help us. And literally five to six showings later, we're under contract on a house as well. So when you add value to other people, especially those who don't have an, a podcast of their own, it kind of opens that reciprocity loop where they're like, man, Chris did this thing for me or Mike did this thing for me. I got exposure to the audience. They may have gotten business from their interview on my show, right? So yeah. how do they give that back by referring people to me or working with me directly? Um, so the audience really <laughs> consists of people who have a day job to people who quit their job because of my podcast to real estate agents and more. It's, it's, been, it's a bit diverse, but I don't hate that about it, right? I get to connect with really cool people across the world that do all kinds of things. So I learn a lot. I like it. Um, the um, I had some. I was gonna say I totally lost my train of thought. Um, my bad. I, but, I tend to ramble sometimes. <laughs> no, you're all good. All good. Um, but yeah, I dude, I I I agree. So um, and I like what you said. I don't know if you catch it, but I'll just revamp it or re uh, say it. Um, he basically he already had a job, so he wasn't like starting a podcast um, with the intention of where it is today. He started a podcast because he had a passion, and it was substituting 
what he was already doing, which was already doing real estate. And as a result of that, he picked up some direct business. So if you guys listen to the show, you hear us talk a lot about agents that do videos, they do business owner videos. Well, it's the same exact strategy. You do these business owner interviews and you're creating television commercials for future referral sources. And then they come back to send you referrals and repeat business, but it's not immediate gratification. You're serving first so that you can sell something secondly, not for, not the other way around. And that's uh, always a very good strategy for any local based business is to promote other people that share your same client, uh, which are people who live in the community in real estate. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, no, that was what I was going to say is compare that remind me of the business owner interview strategy. Um, what other, uh, what else would you suggest? Cause this is, um, it, maybe it's not a podcast folks. It could be a video series. It could be, you yeah. just have to create, we're talking about creating content, whatever right. form, shape or form that is. So what other stuff, uh, what if somebody doesn't have a voice, if someone doesn't have one of these microphone voices like this and they're scared to get on the podcast and they don't know what to do because you don't sound this good. That's just a mic, folks. The mic, yeah. The mic really makes a big difference when you invest in the mic's not even that expensive. Mine was like, I don't know, 100 bucks, 120 bucks. Yeah. And I've been using the same microphone since I started years ago, you know, $80 webcam and a little $50 ring light. That's really the starter kit. And I didn't even get the ring light till 300 episodes in. But you got a I, ring light, bro. Jeez, yeah. you're way more advanced than me. I got it from Best Buy. It was like 50 bucks. You know, it's nothing fancy. I don't have all the lighting set up. I'm not an audio video expert, but to answer the question for those struggling, well, first you got to overcome the fear of hearing your voice. Most people listen and they're like, I hate the sound of my voice. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to listen back on my podcasts, but after a while you start to actually get better. If I listen to episodes one through five, I'm sure this is the case with you. I'm like, dang. I was super monotone. That was always feedback I got when I did Toastmasters year ago, yeah. years ago is great job, Chris, but you know, you're so monotone. I would just be, so this is what I'm going to be talking about today, but you develop your personality as you start to make more and more content. And I initially just started with audio. I didn't even do video. It wasn't until I think I heard maybe Gary V talk about it. Like, hell, if you're going to do audio, just turn the camera on. Now you got a video for YouTube. And if you're doing long form content, like you and I talking for 40 minutes or an hour, I can slice it into reels, throw it on TikTok. I can syndicate it any which way that I'd like. Yep. But if I only have audio now, I'm like, well, man, I got to just do a headliner clip because I don't have any video that I can share with this. So for those who are afraid, I could say start with audio alone if you don't want to see yourself on camera. But if possible, throw the camera on, record the audio, and you'll get a lot further faster because you can share your content on so many more platforms and you can have virtual assistants do all the post editing. You don't have to do it all on your own. Yep. Cause that's where people fail. They try to do everything right off the bat, post on all the platforms game over. Right. If you think about TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I mean, if you haven't done any content before and you try to do all those things, you're overwhelmed. Be so yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. If you just pick one platform and get very good at that and then add the second thing, once you become competent, that's how you start to stack things. You know, the podcast turns into YouTube. Then you start doing blog posts. Then you start publishing on LinkedIn, those little LinkedIn published articles too. It doesn't all start that way. It starts one thing at a time for most people. Yeah, and you got to get in the habit of it too. Like people, yeah. you don't just start creating content, but you get better at it. And um, folks, we, we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago on the show here, but you it's no longer optional. You have to create content nowadays. If you either can sell your shit or you create content, but you have to be at the center of some kind of conversation. And I'd much rather do the latter. Um, right. I hate selling my stuff. I'd much rather add value to people's businesses and be the first they think of when they think of real estate versus me trying to like, you know, 
dude, you need to sell your house right now, right now, sell your house. Like, I hate that approach. It's just never been my style. And it's not most people's styles either. Doesn't mean you're bad at business or bad at real estate. It just means you got to find out the right way for you to do it. And it's a giant popularity contest. Yeah. And the quality of leads is unmatched, right? It's not me begging someone for their business. It's literally the examples I shared. Chris, we see a house. We like you want to write the offer on it. I I'm not going to go with another agent. Like you're the person I thought of and I want to work with. It's not, Hey, will you cut your commission or this person has been doing it two more years than you. So, you know, can you answer this question on the spot? That doesn't happen when people approach you from content. And that's what I love. Um, It's called attraction marketing. You're attracting people to you and they've already made up their mind that they want to work with you by the time they reach out to you, which is very different than me picking up the phone and calling all my relatives and family members and asking, Hey, who do you know who needs to sell real estate? It it just takes up way more energy from me as well, where I'm like, I don't want people calling me for random stuff. So I'm not going to do that to them. Yeah. I think uh, the staff was like 70 to 80% of people uh, when they reach out and schedule some with you, their minds already made basically made up. They've already found you online. They already found you, but the more content you have increases those chances of them calling because when they're first fishing around, people are like, do I like this guy? Do I not? And they will check out some of your videos, not for necessarily the content you're talking about, but for how you portray yourself. Uh, if they could see themselves working with you, like people do judge you uh, and judge a book by its cover, whether you want to yeah. say that's politically correct or not. Well, so it be it. It's the way the fucking life works, the way the world works, dude. So yeah. um, deal with it. Birds of a feather <laughs> flock together. Um, so, yes, people are going to look you up. Uh, people are going to judge you. They're going to have a preconception of you. It's going to be based on what you look like, how you're talking, what you're wearing. I mean, that's just the way people go. Uh, it's just how life works. So the more content you have, the more way that you get people out there. Think of it as like your dating profile. Um, with, when you're getting hired for business, a good dating profile is going to have pictures of you in your bikini, in your workout gear, um, showing your, your, your traits, your hobbies, the stuff you do on the weekends, pictures with you and your kids maybe. Mm-hmm. and uh, a bad dating profile is going to have your glamour shot from when you were still in high school and you, it's or all no fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like a Polaroid or something. Right. So the same exact thing, like the, 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 the person who's going to get the most dates is going to have a killer profile. They're going to see them in their swimsuit to their freaking, you know, church, whatever. And then yeah. the person that doesn't even have a dating profile, they have a Polaroid photo. You're like, is this guy even fucking real? What the fuck is this? I'm right. not calling this guy. I'm not going on a date with this fucking creep right? It just doesn't work. So sketchy. Yeah. So you got to look at yourself, like look at your own brand. That's what content does, folks. It really um, allows people to get to know you so that they can make the decision on whether you're worth talking to or hiring or working with. Plus the consistency makes a statement. I remember there was another agent at my office in Houston. And every time you mentioned you have a podcast, you probably see this as well. People are like, oh, like, you know, the circles we run in, everyone has a podcast, it seems, but yeah. the average person does not have a podcast, but they listen to them. So they always ask me like, hey, can you send it to me? I'll definitely check it out. And then I remember like a day or two later, this guy's like, damn, you got over 300 episodes. Like you got a podcast podcast, not just like, a, oh, I have a podcast with two episodes that I made three years ago. Yeah. So that speaks to the consistency. Look, I've done two episodes a year for three or a week for three years. That is something that sets me apart from the person who gave up after episode three, right? Do you want that person as your realtor who can't even commit to more than three episodes or someone like this, who's going to show up no matter what? You're more legit in the eyes. They're like, well, this guy's got to be legit. Exactly. You know, you're going to hire the guy with 350 episodes not the guy that doesn't have one. (laughs) Right. So it's just another differentiator of like, oh, does your agent have a podcast? Yes or no? Well, I have over a million downloads. Like that must mean something, right? It's kind of like the new 
Amazon bestseller that everyone was flexing before. Now it's like, I got a podcast with over a million downloads. I like it. Well, it's why people follow people that have a lot of followers on social media. Same thing. Yeah. Um, so social folks, you got it. Yep. I like it, dude. Um, dude, I think you freaking nailed it. You teed it off pretty well. Why don't you tell any other closing tips you want to mention? But if not, why don't you tell people where they could find you to learn more about what you're doing Thank and all you. of that? Um, my closing thoughts, guys, are you got to create content. It's what I say every week on the show. Like content creation is, is necessary for all different types of purposes. But ultimately, I think it's how you um, compete. I think it's your only um, unique selling proposition and it becomes your unfair advantage for competition because there's only one like you um, and that's no one can compete against it. Definitely. So my only last takeaway would kind of align with obviously the content consistency, all those things. You don't have to see the full staircase to take the first step, right? I still sometimes I'm like, man, should I niche down? Am I still too generic? Am I talking about random things? But whether it's podcasting or real estate or anything else, I highly recommend having processes and systems and checklists I literally have checklists for everything. And that's how I've been able to close deals out of state hundred percent. I don't miss anything. I'm not relying on memory. Same thing with my podcast. I can tag people who were my virtual assistants in the Philippines to create YouTube thumbnails and edit my videos. So really I'm like the puppet master in a way where I want to work on the business, not in it. And I have people who are doing the various components for me. So a lot of people ask, how do you do it all? How do you do the podcast? Which video software should I get to edit podcasts? And I'm like, you're asking the wrong questions. You got to ask who, not how, which is a great book, by the way, if you guys haven't read it. So dial in your systems, your processes, get some checklists in place. And that's how you can automate and delegate in order to elevate in your business and in your life. But for those looking to connect with me, I am pretty active on Instagram, at least on my stories, I post a lot. My handle is Chris Bello underscore B-E-L-L-O. And if you go to chrisbello.com, that's where you can check out my podcast and download my free complete life tracker is what I'm calling it. It's just a cool Excel sheet that tracks all your goals and your business goals, how many pages you read a day. I like to nerd out about stuff like this, as you guys can tell. Um, but thank you so much, Mike. It's been great getting yeah. to chat with you and get to know you a little bit today. Yeah, I appreciate you having on and we appreciate you folks listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Uh, folks, follow us on, uh, leave us some reviews, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, connect with us and subscribe on our YouTube channel. But uh, if you have any additional questions about how you start building your content or your brand with video, well, you're in the right spot. Real Estate Marketing Dude scripts, edits, and distributes video content for anyone in the real estate industry across the country. And we basically put your brand on autopilot for you. We put you on the map so that people stop forgetting you're in real estate and they start hiring or cheating on you with people like me that are marketing them because you're not. So um, that's all this is. Create a lot of content. People will come to you. The only time it doesn't work is if people don't like you, but that's nothing we can help you with and you're in the wrong damn business. So we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys in next week's episode and uh, talk to you then. Bye. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.